Welcome to Third Coast Vein, presented by the Coastal Bend Blood Center. And now, here's your host, Ashley Ramirez. Hello, everyone. My name is Ashley Ramirez, and you're listening to the Coastal Bend Blood Center's Third Coast Vein podcast. This is episode seven, and on today's show, we have the amazing Tiffany Levas, and she is going to tell you an incredible story that she experienced a couple years ago. So welcome, Tiffany. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on our show and share your story. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Okay, so we're going to start with a little bit of your background. Tell us what you do for a living. Tell us a little bit more about Tiffany. So I'm originally here. I'm, I was raised here in Corpus, and okay. um, and I'm in the medical industry. I'm a medical device rep. Um, I work at all of the hospitals in the OR and on the floors. Um, I work in trauma. And so okay. it's kind of interesting to kind of full circle and be right. telling a story that is traumatic. Yeah. So you've been doing this for quite some time, right? Uh, I've been in the industry about 20 years. I've been um, doing what I do right now, which is open wounds, um, open abdomens, and um, traumatic incisions for about seven years. Okay. Okay. So before you tell us our story, because obviously your story includes blood transfusions and you needing an excessive amount of blood, but can you tell us, uh, were you a blood donor before? I was. um, So my dad's actually been a, a a blood donor forever and awesome. um, it was really important to him and and so I'd started um I wasn't always successful um mm-hmm. I but have, you tried that's I did the, that's the that's the main thing <laughs> um but yes I had done it before um obviously I never knew that I would be in the situation that I was in and um needing the benefit of of blood you know right okay so let's jump into it tell us tell our listeners a little bit or actually tell our listeners your story and I mean this is this is pretty traumatic as we mentioned before and um, so I'll let you just jump into it so um, my husband and I were wanting to expand our family and um, we found out on my 41st birthday that I was pregnant Mm -hmm. and it was going to be our second baby and our final okay and um, we were pretty excited and of course this was when COVID um, was going on and 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 it was a scary time. We actually um, found out we were pregnant and then both got COVID. Um, So it was uh, very scary. And my husband actually was admitted into the hospital. And so when he came out, he still had to be quarantined from our son and myself. And so I actually had to go, um, not just because of that, but because of COVID, visitors weren't allowed in the, in the hospital in the doctor's mm-hmm. offices so at a time where we should have been celebrating together you know obviously I was having to do it alone you know both Fun of us fact, real quick me and Tiffany were both pregnant at the same time so <laughs> I think you were actually due um you were due a little bit after a couple weeks after right or was I, it a month I was due in September um, oh. 2021 originally and, okay um, I ended up having her um in August of 2021 that's right okay and so I was due in July but anyway I just wanted to because <laughs> fun fact I, I forgot to mention that me and Tiffany actually go way back we've known each other for quite some time now so I just think it was pretty special to have her on on the show and for her to start a story but I just wanted to let everybody know that yeah, <laughs> okay sure. go ahead and so um I went for that first um ultrasound at just shy of seven weeks which is really early but because mm-hmm. I have um advanced maternal age um my doctor just wanted to be really aggressive right um and I went and everything looked great and I got home and I was resting and I remember getting a phone call mm-hmm. and it was my doctor and she hadn't seen me that day and so she said I don't want to scare you Tiffany but I don't think this is a viable pregnancy and I said okay and she said you're at risk of hemorrhage 
and I want to see you again. And that kind of started this process. Um, my diagnosis actually turned out to be something called placenta accreta. And placenta accreta is <laughs> also referred to as morbidly adherent placenta. Okay. And um, what it really means is that when a mother has a baby, um, the, the placenta falls off, right? The placenta is what's giving the baby life mm-hmm. when they're in your belly. And and um, and so it, it, it comes off. And, and then you have to deliver the placenta or they remove it if you have a C-section. So right. with my first, I had a C-section because he was a each baby mm-hmm. and um and I, I had no choice but um because of that she said that she saw something irregular and they started sending me to maternal fetal medicine very early on um and so at nine weeks they told me you have this placenta accreta um it's a high risk of hemorrhage for you there's no guarantee that you will make it through a pregnancy there's no guarantee that your baby will make oh, it wow. um and we have some decisions to make and so um by this time it was about nine weeks and and my husband and i you know talked about it and we were like well let's just see what happens i mean you know we're pregnant this baby's coming whether you know um you know the diagnosis or not it doesn't really matter and mm-hmm. um and so um they were just really aggressive with my treatment so uh, so wait so there was a possibility that you would not make it through your pregnancy? I guess, so... When you were supposed to deliver. I guess um, I I stopped saying... So with the placenta, in my condition, it doesn't fall off. It is embedded into the uterus. Oh, okay. And so... um, because of that, you're at a high risk of bleeding throughout the pregnancy. Mm. I also had, in addition to that, to complicate it, something called placenta previa, which is a lot more common, um, where my placenta is, is covering part of the exit mm-hmm. um, for the baby over mm-hmm. the cervix. And so I just had a lot of risk for bleeding. And um, to deal with this, you need a multidisciplinary team. So it's not just your OB um, that's doing the C-section, which I automatically had to do. Mm-hmm. Um it needs skilled people that deal with this day in and day out. So in, um, they they eventually said, if you're going to move forward, we really want you to see specialists that really you know do this as often as possible. And right. so they referred me out to Texas Children's Medical Center in Houston, and they have a placenta accreta spectrum team. Okay. And that um, when you deliver the baby, they have everybody there on board because until they open you up, they don't know what the outcome is going to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so what that includes is um, lots of different types of surgeons, um, trauma surgeons, general surgeons, urologists, um, radiologists, um, accreta specialists with my maternal fetal team, um, all that. So at this point, you know, we're seeing a lot of doctors and, and we don't really know. And all they can really tell us is you can't travel unless you're coming to see me. Mm-hmm. Um, you're at high risk of going into pregnancy early and um we deliver by 34 weeks and oh wow <laughs> right I there can't. yeah i can't even imagine you yeah. know and and it's because with accreta you can't go into natural labor because um since the placenta doesn't come off they have to actually most often remove the entire uterus during surgery mm-hmm. so that you don't bleed out mm. and so um that's what happened <laughs> um wow I guess throughout the pregnancy at about, I never had a bleed, which I was very uh, blessed because that's not common okay. um, with the two conditions, with the Creta and Previa. And um, 
I got all the way to 32 weeks, and um, I was admitted here in Corpus um, mm-hmm. at Bay Area Hospital. And um, the next day, I had to be um, flown out to Texas Children's. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of a situation where I had uh, hypertension. They didn't know if they'd have to deliver me, so it got kind of scary. Okay. Um, and I ended up going over there, and for the next four weeks, I was in and out of the hospital at Texas Children's for multiple things. Um, but I was under the care of my my a specialist and my family and I moved up there to the Ronald McDonald house in the medical center. Wow! Um, so we were able to be together. Um, and fortunately, because I hadn't had any bleeds, um, I was able to go out to 36 weeks and that's when I had my daughter, mm-hmm. um, at 36, um, weeks and two days. Um, during that day, when we had surgery, the team had been planning for me for months, mm-hmm. um, since I was four months uh, along. And that day, we thought everything was gonna go normal. We thought, um, they didn't even think I had a Creta, but they couldn't confirm it until they went in. And so right. um, they scheduled it, we went in, um, they delivered my little girl. Um, she was five pounds, six ounces, and... Um, At 36 weeks. Yes, and she um, was doing well, but as soon as sh- they delivered her, um, I started feeling really bad. Oh, no. And I told my doctor, and, and of course, this, my surgical team had over 20 people in it at the time. I had four surgeons. I had a gynecological oncologist, two accreta maternal fetal medicine doctors, one general surgeon, a NICU team of seven, and oh then the rest gosh. of the supporting staff. And, 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 of course, the rest of the doctors were on standby. But um, when I um, had her, they said, your placenta fell uh, or came apart, mm-hmm. came came off. Um, but there's one little sticky area that's the size of a dime. And they said, we're trying to remove it. And I said, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. And then at that point, everything happened very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband was kicked out of the OR, which we knew was always a, an option. So I was awake when the baby was born. Okay. Um, but I was put out after that. And, um, and the rest I wouldn't know until I woke up in ICU six hours later. Wow. So what exactly happened? So when my husband was kicked out, um, I was hemorrhaging, and I was hemorrhaging pretty bad. Um, and so I ended up losing about 65 to 70% of my blood volume in a very short amount of time. Wow. So um, do you know how many units of blood that, you, that they used um, by the, chance? So for my transfusions, um, I received three transfusions. So with, okay. with this okay. type That's of surgery, all. yeah, with this type of surgery, they were aggressive. I mean, they did blood matching all the time on me every single week to make sure there were no changes. They obviously have a blood bank um, at that facility where I delivered. Um, they had two units already in the room, okay. um, aggressive just in case. Right. Um, and then um, when they called the MTP, the Massive Trauma Protocol, um, I was in it for 23 minutes. Uh, the only part that I do know is that after my second transfusion, my blood pressure was still, um, I believe, around 80 over 40, which is really low. Yeah. And um, um, after 23 minutes, they were able to get it um, together. And so during that time, instead of continuing to try and peel away that dime size mm-hmm. accreta, um, they switched to a gynecological oncologist. They did a hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 then we're able to close me up and, and get me healthy. So, whereas it didn't um, go well for me when you think about you know having a baby, yeah, um, it went completely to plan. 
um, at Texas Children's, and and they knew exactly what they were doing and were very aggressive. So they they managed it very um, quickly, and and yeah. obviously the turnout was great. They so. were ready, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I don't even know what words to say because this is. I mean, I know. I mean, I already knew what you went through but just hearing in detail is is different and especially now that i'm a mom i i mean it was scary just being there and of course during covid i mean that's one thing to be going through something that was completely new to the world right i mean that was scary already in general and then you being pregnant it's just like oh my gosh you know i can get covid and then i can pass it to the baby so that's already one thing plus all of the other you know worries that come along with being pregnant and, and be, you know having me I was a first-time mom but still regardless I mean you already knew you were in a whole different story I mean that's times a thousand right I can't even imagine what was going through your mind but I know that you are definitely a very strong human being and I know that you know God gives us that strength that we need when we need it and you're a perfect example but did you deliver on your birthday, close to your birthday, on her, what was that? <laughs> on Friday the thirteenth. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> so we kind of get to have some humor in this, right? Let's have some humor in. So in we laugh one. about it because um, you know we found out on my forty-first birthday. Okay, you found um, out on your birthday that we were pregnant. Birth. Okay, and um, but you know she, I, we call her our little problem child, and of course she's such a blessing, and she's almost two at this point. Yes. But um, and but, she's so cute. <laughs> thank oh my you. gosh! But she has been a little troublemaker since the very beginning and um and 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 she was supposed to be delivered like i said at 34 weeks but because our family had relocated to mm-hmm. houston and we were within five minutes of the hospital um they were able to let me go out a little further so my actual um date was supposed to be 36 weeks and six days mm-hmm. and so um i should have known when friday the 13th was right before that date that that was the day we were going to have her and so <laughs> i remember um my surgeon you know i was admitted at like three, four in the morning. And my surgeon called me at 8.30 and she said, well, um, uh, what do you think about having a baby today? And I said, well, it's Friday the 13th. Sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so it's it's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, it's a good little story. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, you know, first of all, thank you for sharing that story. I know it's not easy and I know it brings back probably some pretty heavy feelings because I mean I can tell when you're speaking about it It makes me feel you know I can I can definitely feel the heaviness when you're talking about it but at the end of the day you had such a beautiful blessing you have your little girl and she's healthy and she's just a a normal beautiful healthy almost two right she's going to be two in August yes my son Kanan will be two in July that's that's nuts I still cannot believe that I'm going to have a two-year-old. I, yeah. I, it's just, wow, where did the time go? I feel like I was just, we saw each other. I, I remember seeing you um, a little before you were going to head to Houston. We saw, I saw you outside of a Yola's restaurant. Do you yeah, remember? I do. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. And I remember thinking about you and praying for you because you told me all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, gosh, I hope please, like, you know, hope everything goes okay with her. Like I could, mama to mama, I could feel it. But I remember, I remember that. And you were just about to leave and, and go and stay over there. I didn't know that you guys were going to stay at Ronald McDonald. That's actually really cool. Yeah, it's um uh, the I think the strangest thing during my pregnancy is the fact that I could hemorrhage at any time, yeah. and that really freaked me out. I mean, on yes. top of everything, you're scared um, because pregnancy you can't control what goes on in your body, yeah. and you never know. You know, there's as a mom, you just you want to protect that baby mm-hmm. and. And here I was going, oh my gosh, what if I can't even protect myself, much less her? Right. And 
Um, you know, I think the hardest part for me during this whole journey was knowing that I might not come home. Yeah. And, um, and so I remember when I got admitted at bay, my son was watching cartoons and my husband had actually just broken his ankles. Um, so he couldn't even go with me to the hospital, but, um, my son was watching cartoons and, and I said, give mommy a kiss. And he was like, no mommy, I cartoon. Mm. And I just remember tears in my eyes knowing that anything could happen. And what if, you know, I deliver at bay and they don't have what I need. And what if the blood's not there or they can't match it? Or what if a trauma comes in at the same time and I'm not as important? You know, all these things go through your mind. And all I could remember is my son telling me that he didn't want to give me a kiss. Yeah. And it was heartbreaking. But um, but you just, those things stick out in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. And I went through actually, you know, kind of a a really tough time during my pregnancy too. And I, because you're talking about, you stated how you just, all you want to do is protect your baby. And I remember thinking, I can't stress. I I can't feel any kind of stress. I can't, you know, I have to think positive thoughts as hard as that is because you don't want the baby to go into stress or you don't want it, you know, you don't want to go into premature labor or you don't want anything to affect your baby. And so having this information and knowing that, like you stated, that you could hemorrhage at any time, I have no idea how you maintained, you know, that positive mindset to make sure that you didn't you know, stress out more because I was only going to make things worse. What are some things that you told yourself or you just kind of focused on your son? Um, During the pregnancy, I focused on, uh, I mean, you want to enjoy the pregnancy. I knew it was going to be my last pregnancy um, either way. I knew no matter what, I was having a hysterectomy. Um, So even if it wasn't our choice, it was going to be chosen for us that this was our last baby. And um, so I tried to enjoy it, Mm -hmm. but it's hard when, you know all the things, and especially being in the medical field and knowing right. what can happen, that was probably the scariest part. Mm-hmm. Um, right, because you saw it firsthand all the, every day, right? Yeah, I mean, Basically. I, I work in trauma, so yeah. you're like, oh gosh, you, you don't ever expect it to be you. Right. Ever, ever, ever. Um, and, you know, and then all of a sudden it is. So to think back on it, um, I know when I came back here for my follow-up care after the baby was born, I remember my OB... I don't know what I'd do without her. She was the one that really was so aggressive in making sure that I got the care and the outcomes that mm-hmm. were best for me and baby. But um, I remember her reading my op report and my pathology report and having tears in her eyes knowing that, you know, as much as you you just can't be prepared for that kind of delivery. And mm-hmm. if I would have had the baby here, there's so many things that could have gone wrong. Um, and not yeah. because that we don't have those you know, doctors that are amazing. It's because you need a special team and you need blood available and you need, um, all, there's all these unknowns. Yep. Um, and, and she just, you know, had tears in her eyes and was just so grateful that, you know, we had that plan in place and, and everything worked out for me. And yes, you know, here we are. Right. Here we are speaking about it to almost two years later. Gosh. Well, um, you know, as always, Thank you so much for sharing your story. You've shared your story with us on our social media sites, and you're actually going to attend our High School Heroes Awards luncheon happening on May 16th, and you're going to share your story with our high school students, staff, and teachers. So we're looking forward to that, and I know they're going to really appreciate your story. And, I mean, they obviously know the importance of blood. I don't know if you know, but high school students account for 30% of our blood supply. So, yeah, they are they're huge, huge part of the the blood center and our mission here. And, you know, we want to thank you for continuing to donate blood after you had your baby girl. I know that we had a blood drive. I saw you um, shortly after um, at we actually had a quick quack, I believe. Yeah. And you and your dad both came out and donated. And it was um, on the anniversary 
refresh my memory. It was yep. on the her, her anniversary, correct? It was it was the day before her first birthday. Yes, it was a day before your baby girl's first birthday, and you and your dad um, made a you know planned on coming out and donating together in that honor. And I thought that was really cool. So we shared that on our social media. And we thank you guys and and your dad um, for being an advocate blood donor because as you well know now, and I'm sure you you knew then, it's the blood on the shelves that saves lives. And, you know, even though you you received the blood in Houston, it's still the same thing and the same mission. It's people coming out and donating life that's going to save lives in, in our community. I mean, if it wasn't for people that went out to donate, you wouldn't have had that blood that was readily ready for you in case you needed it and you actually did so i mean this is so important and this is it's stories like this and testimonies like this that we want our listeners to be aware of and that we want our community to be aware of because i think people know the importance of blood but they really don't maybe understand it until it hits home unfortunately and that's what we don't want we want people to come out and be consistent donors that way we always have that blood on the shelves always and we're never in that critical need or that critical state because we have been and that's scary because think about it if anybody us you know ourselves our family members you never know what can happen you never know you can have just a routine accident and you may need you don't know how many units of blood um and if we don't have it, what are we going to do? I think the, the yeah, absolutely. In my situation, um, I had three transfusions, mm-hmm. but um, a lot of times in the surgery, the the, the diagnosis and the surgery, mm-hmm. um, I know lots of people in, in support groups that I'm involved in that had, you know, 14, 15, 16, the, I mean, cell saver on top of that. I mean, we're, we're talking massive amounts of blood needed and 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 then sometimes transfusions after the pregnancy right. as well yeah i was very fortunate i woke up in icu and 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 they i remember they kept out telling me man you look really good and i, and I realized how much blood i lost and <laughs> yeah. uh, and what that really meant and and even knowing what i know it still didn't make sense yeah yeah it's it, it's amazing that until you're in that situation you don't realize the importance of it and then exactly um and then it is that what if like gosh what if that's my family what if that's my you know brother sister mom dad yeah. baby um yeah. you want that availability and the fact that I, I i get to speak in 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 front of these um high school students is that the fact that they're starting something so early in life mm-hmm. and understanding the benefits not just for themselves their family but for others in general yep. um and that selfless act of doing it i mean that's pretty incredible <laughs> they're amazing they're heroes and and i wouldn't be here without that blood more than likely you know and so i get to enjoy the life that i always dreamed yes. of yes and um, your family's complete yep yeah. exactly because of donors you get to you get to live another day you get to share your memories you get to have another birthday you get to see your kids birthdays and etc cetera, etc cetera, because of our donors and like i say we we call them lifesavers because that's what they are and they are true local heroes and you know speaking of our high school you know our high school students again that this is why we have this huge luncheon and this is why we do it annually because they are doing some incredible things in in our community at a very early age which is really really awesome and our hopes is that when they get to the collegiate level and actually start their lives after college as well that they'll continue that's what it that's what's key for us here at the blood center this is what we try to always tell people is that or instill in our community is to for our donors or for our community to become not only regular donors but lifetime donors because that's what's going to be the game changer for us if everybody can commit to donating more than once just twice a year 
that would be such a game changer for our blood center. We would definitely never find ourselves in that critical state and our shelves would always be stocked with life-saving blood. That would be a blessing. Exactly, exactly. Well, is there anything else you want our listeners to know, Tiffany? Is there anything else you want to say besides? I mean, just how appreciative I am for donors out there and and for people like me that, you know, benefit from it. Um, You just really never know. And and there's a lot of what-ifs out there, but um, if people keep doing things for others, then... It benefits everybody. Yes, perfectly said. Okay, well, thank you so much again, Tiffany, for taking your time. I know you have a busy schedule. You're you're about to head out for T-ball for <laughs> your <Yeah. laughs> little boy. Busy, busy life, yes, but a blessed life. Yes. But okay, well, thank you so much again for being on our show, our podcast, Third Coast Vein, and we are excited to see you at our High School Heroes Luncheon. And um, thank, thank you. you. You've been listening to Third Coast Vein, presented by the Coastal Bend Blood Center with your host, Ashley Ramirez. Tune in for the next episode of the Third Coast Vein.